If you have an unquenchable thirst to crush your bucket list, relentlessly pursue your dreams, and live life on your own terms, then turn up the volume and tune in. You're now listening to Zeph and Moses Blacksburg on the Year of Purpose podcast. This episode of the Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. Hey everyone, Zephan Blacksburg here with another episode of the Year of Purpose podcast. And today I'm joined by Kim Addis. And Kim is president and founder of Frame of Mind Coaching and Journal Engine Software. Author, speaker, entrepreneur, coach, and mother of five, Kim is one of North America's foremost experts on coaching with a focus on mindset and thought mastery. By using her unique process of combining coaching with journaling, she works with clients who are intelligent, driven, and ambitious, and helps them examine and shift their thinking in order to yield extraordinary results. And Kim, I've got my journal right here, ready to go. So we're going to jump into that in just a moment. But I would love to hear just a little bit about you know your past and how you've gotten to this point and what it's like to be a mother of five, because I have seven half brothers, one half sister and three step brothers right now. So I know a little bit about what it's like to be the oldest, but you know, I didn't raise all of them. So I'm just curious to hear what that was like. Wow. Uh, you got a big family. (laughs) Well, I'm happy to be here. So thank you for having me on your podcast. It's exciting. Uh, how did I get to where I am? I've been, I've been coaching for 10 years. I started this company with the idea that, um, I think, that the way coaching is generally handled is flawed. And I think that I could do it a little bit better. And so the premise was that it's not so much what people do that matters, but it's more how they think that matters. And so if I could really get inside their heads and understand how they're wired and uh, understand their perspectives of the world, their beliefs, and I can help them make shifts and their lives will change. And so at the very beginning, it was an experiment. It was just an idea. And I just thought, okay, I'll test this out. I'll pilot this idea. And so right from the get-go, when I started coaching my clients, I asked them to journal in an online journal. So I would give them questions, they would answer the questions, and when they answered the questions in their journal, I would read and respond to their, to their journal. And so there was a dialogue that would take place between me and the client every single day for the duration of the coaching period. I didn't really know what I was onto, but as it turns out, like I was onto something, in my opinion, that's pretty major in the coaching world for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, journaling is something that uh, that I do, that many successful entrepreneurs do. Uh, and I mean, I, I think it's fairly transformative. So uh, where where do you uh, recommend journaling? Is this right away, right off the bat, you know, everyone should start doing this? Or do people get to a certain point where uh, maybe they have like a foundation set of, you know, they know how to create habits and keep them going? Well, it's funny that you put the word habits in there. So the minute that you say journaling is a habit is the minute I get turned off, Ah. right? Because it sounds like work. It sounds like discipline. It sounds like heavy lifting. It doesn't sound like relief. It sounds like it's forced. And so I don't put journaling into the habit box at all. I put journaling into the pleasure box. You know, like, do you need to have a habit to have a glass of wine every night? No, you just go and do it. And so I put journaling into that category as opposed to a habit category. And that distinction, I think, is pretty 
pretty important. So where do you start journaling? Any, any place you can start journaling, any time of the day, no matter how old you are, it doesn't really matter. But the idea is to just put down your thoughts. And they could be specific thoughts, random thoughts, dream thoughts, frustrated thoughts, whatever it is. The idea is to unload. And then to start over time tracking the things that you're unloading and seeing where your thinking is leading you. Uh, when you're working with a coach, of course, it's guided journaling in a sense that the coach will go back and reread with you what you're creating and help you understand how your thoughts are creating the outcomes you're getting. When you're working on your own, the idea is to start using it as an unloading mechanism and then slowly start to use it as a way to create the life you want to create. Interesting. So your perspective is that it's not necessarily a habit, but more like a glass of wine that we can go walk downstairs and pull a bottle out whenever we feel like doing so. And exactly. that's, that's probably the reason why things are much different for you. You're seeing a lot much greater success with your clients is because they're no longer seeing this as, oh, I just woke up, you know, I've got to do my morning routine. Let me pull out the journal and write again. It's really more of a fun thing. And uh, it's it's weird not weird, but it's interesting to see that, that you read their journals because I always thought of it as something that's very personal to to oneself. But in a sense, you get to keep them accountable to the things that they're talking about. So let's reframe all that also. Yeah, okay, so, no, go for it. Yeah, I'm totally so, about breaking down the definition of it because this is where I'm sure a lot of people are coming from. And so I know you're going to make a big difference here. Yeah. So let's go back. So you had th you said three things that, you know, raised my, my see my hair. Let's change up. it. Let's do it. Um, so the first thing you said was that um, I would hold them accountable. Well, in my model of coaching, I believe that accountability is dangerous and detrimental. Hmm. So a bit bit of a shocking statement, right? Yeah. But so let's play that out. So let's say you're, I'm your coach and you're my client and I hold you accountable and you have certain goals you want to reach and guess what? It's working and you're reaching your goals and you're making progress. What happens when I go away? What I've done is I've created a um, not only an accountability model, a dependency model, which isn't particularly healthy. But, and that's the best outcome, by the way. What can happen that is common, I've seen it over and over again, is why are you coming to me for coaching? Because you have goals you want to reach that you're not reaching on your own, right? So you're frustrated. And when you're not able to reach the goals that you have on your own, what goes on in your head? You tell me. Uh probably a lot of negative self-talk. Exactly. You know, like I can't do it by myself. I'm not equipped. I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not experienced enough. I'm lazy. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I, I don't have bandwidth. Whatever it is that, that is, is going on in your head comes to the conversation that says maybe a coach can help me. So now I've created an accountability model and I say, okay, Zephan, you're going to do all these things. And then we meet up on the next call. And guess what? You didn't do all these things. Now what's going on in your head? It's Not only worse. do I suck by myself, right? Yeah. I've paid for this. <laughs> now, so what I've done as a coach by creating an accountability model is I've exacerbated and made worse the very problem that you came to me to begin with. So for me, the idea that a coach's job is to hold clients accountable is completely flawed completely mm. flawed. That's number one. The second thing you said was this whole idea of, wow, you're actually reading clients' journals. Aren't journals supposed to be private? Well, the whole thing is if I'm really going to be able to help you, 
my job isn't to get you to do things. My job is to really understand what's going on in your head and your heart and your brain and your soul. It's to get intimate with you. It's to have you let your guard totally transparent, vulnerable, so you can see yourself and see how you operate. So the, the journal is the gateway to do that. But in order for it to be effective, you need to totally trust me. And so the daily contact back and forth is very important. And so that intimacy is built. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely. And so we want to go there. We want to do that. We want to create that intimacy. We want to get beyond the surface of the conversation. We want to get beyond the doing. We want to get to the thinking and the feeling. And that's what journaling does. Now, you said one more thing. And, and the thing, if I remember correctly, it was around the idea that... Um, you know, journaling can be, a, can be a pleasure. It is a pleasure because it's a release, right? And so, you know, the idea of waking up and feeling like it's hard work and, you know, got to go to my morning routine. But let me ask you a question. When someone you really like texts you, do you text them back? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the relationship we're building. The client journals, the coach reads and responds to the journal. Are you excited to get the response? Of course you are. Is that hard work? Is that heavy lifting? No, it's engaging. Right. So that's what we're creating. And so do you think that that engagement encourages people to keep going and to, you know, reach higher and, and achieve more? Well, okay, so let's talk about goals and achievement and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of coaching, when you think about coaching, is about the attainment of goals. For me, it's not about the attainment of goals. It's the, the question is, uh, what's preventing you from attaining your goals to begin with? So what's going on in your thinking? What's going on in your beliefs? What's going on in your expectations, your perspectives, your values that are preventing you from really thriving and, and living your best life? What's going on? And so if we can remove those things or shift those things over, people are literally placed on the runway and then they can take off. So my job isn't to help them do the actions they need to do in order to reach their goals. My job is to help them line up their thinking with their goals so that they naturally take the action to reach their goals. I don't need to monitor their activity. I'm just paying attention to their thinking. Gotcha. And so you're really turning the traditional, you know, what we think of coaching on its head, which I think is absolutely amazing because as a videographer and photographer, you know, one of the first things I was ever taught is look where the other people are, are watching, look where the other photographers are and do the opposite uh, because you're going to get a totally different perspective. So first of all, I totally applaud you on taking a, a different route because uh, much like networking and so many other things, they're not working anymore the way that, you know, we were so used to doing them for so long. So I, I think that that's really amazing to hear. Uh, and I love being challenged on the way I look at this stuff because, you know, it, when I first started doing this, it was kind of like just my morning routine and this thing that I did. Um, and it was tough. It, it was it was not easy to, to sit there and, and to write all the time. Uh, and so I guess my question to you is, if I don't have uh, that person to, to read this, if I don't have someone who is going through this, uh, would you recommend that I find someone who's willing to sit down with me uh, and, and really look through you know, what's, what's changed for me over the past few months? Well, look, I'm biased, of course, <laughs> right? Yes, find someone. You know, you're looking at someone right now. So, of course, I am absolutely biased in answering that question. I have a coaching company that is based on this concept. Having said that, 
you know, w- would I recommend that you find a partner that you could work with? Absolutely. But can you do it on your own? To some extent, of course you can. But you have to be willing to look for the patterns in your thinking that are causing problems for you. You have to be willing to challenge your own beliefs. You have to be willing to look at, at the... Um, at the places where you get tripped up or find yourself trapped over and over and over again and say, okay, so like, what is it about the way I think about this particular problem that keeps me where I am? And it could be with respect to any subject, could be with respect to money, uh, relationships, parenting, you're dealing with your own parents, whatever it is. And so um, that's the key there is that when you write, write freely, don't, don't, you know, try to write carefully, write freely, but then look back and say, what do I keep saying over and over again? Why does that one problem keep showing up over and over again? How am I thinking about this that's causing me to feel trapped? I think that makes perfect sense because if it keeps happening over and over, then that's probably one of the bigger things that are holding you back. Um, So with your perspective on this not being necessarily a habit, but something of enjoyment, uh, what are some other things in our lives that we're commonly looking at as a habit when really we should be changing the way we're looking at it? Exercise, Um, calling our parents. Um, You know, when you wake up in the morning and you go brush your teeth, it's just part of what you do. You hear this comment, oh, it takes 30 days to build a habit. I don't know. I've done something for 30 days and on day 31, I'm done. Right. And so why is that? It's because my fundamental beliefs aren't lining up with that quote unquote habit. So let's take weight loss as an example. It's, it's, it's a really easy one to think about. You think, well, okay, so now if I start going to the gym every day for 30 days, it's just going to get easier and easier and easier. Okay. So I can make myself go to the gym for 30 days. I can make myself do anything for 30 days, you know, especially when there's a bed on the table. Right. But But the thing is, if it's not fundamentally lining up with my belief of who I am and what this is about, and if I have the capacity to do so, and if I have the the stamina, et cetera, et cetera, I'm not going to really do it for longer than 30 days. And so so very often we want to just get people to do the things they need to do to achieve their goals. But doing follows thought. And unless thought is lined up with the goal, uh, the doing isn't sustainable. So I'm not interested in people's actions. I'm interested in really understanding how their thinking contradicts very often the goals and the desires they have. I'll give you a perfect example, okay? I had a client one day and on, you know, early on in our coaching, I asked him, what is it that you really want? Like, what's most important to you? So he mentioned a lot of things. He mentioned his business, his kids, his, you know, his mother, his whatever. He mentioned a lot of things. I said, but what's most important to you out of all of this? And he said, the single most important thing to me is my relationship with my wife. I want to make sure that we're on the same page, that we're intimate, that we're connected, that we spend good time together. Like nothing's more important than that. Not my kids, not anything, not my business. It's my relationship with my wife. It's hands down the single most important thing to me. About five weeks later, he got into a massive fight with his wife. And the fight was over one of his children. And they just didn't agree on, uh, he wanted to go somewhere. He thought it was a bad idea. She said, go ahead. And they totally clashed. And he thought it was like just the worst idea ever. He was so mad that he went to sleep in the other bedroom. So let me ask you this. Given his goal, does sleeping in the bedroom achieve the goal? Nope. No. Nope. Right? It achieves the opposite. It creates distance. It creates a gap. And so, you know, the question is, why did that happen? It had to do with the way he was thinking about 
the situation at hand, right? So that's a perfect example. He wants intimacy, but he goes to sleep in the other bedroom. And the only, the only thing that really made that happen was his interpretation and his perspective on the exchange he had with his wife. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that we have a lot of trouble with too, is our perception of reality and what the best problem or what the best solution is for our problems that are, you know, happening in our lives is we, we kind of distort it a little bit and think, okay, well, this will just fix it. And we have this sort of bandaid uh, solution that, you know, might work for a few minutes, but it's, it reminds me of, uh, you know, when a kid scrapes up his leg and he's crying and screaming and you put the bandaid on and he stops. The cut's still there. It's going to take a long time to heal. Uh, right. The Band-Aid just gets the kid to stop screaming. Yeah, it gives them temporary relief. And the relief is a mental relief, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it, we kind of transition here in a good way into what's happening internally as opposed to externally. So I guess my next question is really, um, how do we make this idea of, of changing it from, you know, a habit to, to something that we really enjoy doing. Is that something that can, you know, in, in the snap of a finger change within our minds, or does that take a little bit of effort just to, you know, rewire our thinking? So if all of a sudden I said to you, look, you know, I'm releasing you from the obligation of doing this one activity. You can do it if you want. You can do it when you want, how you want. All of a sudden, the way you feel about that one thing completely changes. And so again, this boils down to your perception of that activity. And so if you perceive it as something that will give you relief and pleasure, like imagine if you could have a massage every day, wouldn't that be an awesome thing? Yeah. Right? Is that something that you would feel is an obligation or a habit you'd have to do? Not at no. all. Would you do it every day? Not necessarily. You might not have time for it every single day. Right. But imagine budget wasn't an issue and, you know, you had a masseuse right in your house and you can access it whenever you want. And every time you did access it, you knew that it would be a pleasurable, you know, experience where you could just relax and enjoy. Right. So we're re we're reconfiguring the way we see everything that we do, even something like doing the dishes. How many people feel like it's an obligation to do the dishes? The way that we approach doing the dishes, based on the way we think about doing the dishes, will profoundly impact our experience of doing the dishes. So can we have fun with it? Sure, we can. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm terrible with that. <laughs> if it feels heavy and hard, it's going to be heavy and hard. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm terrible with doing the dishes right away. So I definitely tend to pile them up in the sink a little bit. Um, so something that I've been doing at least just to, uh, help the time pass when I do the dishes is I'll actually tune into a podcast or play some music. So I'm not really think, you know, it gets my mind off of the action that I'm doing. Um, and then it's not really a big deal. It's just, I, I'm listening to a podcast or, you know, I kind of lose myself in whatever I'm listening to. And then it just, it kind of happens. Perfect. <laughs> so, but that's you That's you saying, okay, like, I'm not going to turn this activity into torture. I'm going to turn it into something light and fun and enjoyable. Yeah, and usually productive, too. So what are some of the other changes that we could c create in our lives that would allow us to, you know, live under this perception that uh, 
things are no longer habits. Is, is there anything else that you recommend to be doing in our daily life that, that could you know, change the way we see the world? So for example, do you eat every day? Sure, do you call that a habit? It's not a habit, it's something you do every day. You know, you get in your car and you drive to work. Is that a habit? It's not a habit. It's something you do every day. You don't think about it as a habit. You know, if I like, if I bit my nails, you know, if I, you would call that a bad habit. <laughs> so I, what I'm trying to do is just like start to look at what you're doing and categorize them a little bit differently. What are you doing that you're doing every day, maybe even multiple times a day, but you're not putting in the habit category. So reconfigure how you see this. I, I think a lot of people uh, are uh, in this old frame of mindset where they think that the transformation takes a really long time. Uh, and I think it's great that you can deliver to them uh, in such a shorter period of time, you know, what, uh, what they really want to be, who they really want to be, uh, and what they'd like to do with their lives. You know, I, I do a lot of presentations. Uh, I'm a speaker for many different groups and you know, sales meetings, whatever, I, I, there I'm asked to speak. And one of the things I do is I demonstrate how quickly th thoughts can shift outcomes. Like I literally go on stage and I demonstrate. And the minute that I, I literally do a demonstration, instantly they've learned and instantly they behave differently the next round. So a shift in thinking can create vastly different outcomes. It's, it's actually shocking. And once you make that shift and see the outcomes, that shift sticks. So this is not change that's temporary. It's change that it is sustainable over time. And we see it over and over and over again with our clients. Very cool. Well, what is the best way, Kim, for people to, to reach out to you to find out more about your coaching and, and to check you out online? So if you go to the website, frameofmindcoaching.com, you'll see a little button for a complimentary coaching session. Take us up on that offer. So many people said that that session alone has been really, really powerful. So do it. Perfect. Thanks for joining me today, Kim. And I look forward to checking out that coaching on your website. Awesome. It was a pleasure being on your show. Thank you so much. This episode of The Year of Purpose is brought to you by our brand new book, Life Rescripted. Find your purpose and design your dream life before the curtains close. If you want to be the first in line to receive a free digital copy from me, all you have to do is head on over to www.liferescriptedbook.com to find out more. I've discovered what I think is the world's most effective process to design your path in life. It'd be a shame if I didn't share it. In Life Rescripted, you will discover the number one strategy for determining your life purpose and how you can start a new path today. The 5X life hack rule for accomplishing your dreams and designing your life on your own terms five times faster. The ultimate solution for fear and how you can leverage it right now to make this year your best year yet, and so much more. Reserve your spot in line to get a free copy at www.liferescriptedbook.com and I will see you in the next episode.